Welcome to Light Church. We're so glad you could join us for this weekly message. We hope this message leaves you feeling inspired and equipped to be all that you were made to be. genuinely mean this. It is such a crazy, beautiful picture to see all these faces out in front of me. It's been, I don't know about you, but it has been a long 16 months where we have been connecting and gathering digitally. And uh, it's been crazy. I've been looking at a camera for so long, but it is nice not having to imagine how you guys are going to react, but instead being able to look at you and us being this together. But if this is your very first time or you've been with us for a long time, I am so honored that you're here this morning. We're so glad that we can be together in this space. And uh, I don't know about you, but it is incredible. And I'm just so honored that you would want to be part of this community, a community that is just set out to just encounter all of who God is and step into the future that God's set within each and every one of us. That's what we're about. And I'm so glad that you decided to be here today. Maybe you're just visiting that's all good. We're not after you. Don't worry. Um, but I hope today, my prayer is that we can impart something into you, that this can be a day of value in your journey. And uh, we're honored to have you with us today. So can we just take a moment to thank all the team who've put this on, a lot of the team who have spent hours and hours putting, you know, preparations, plans, designs. There's so many elements to it. And we have the most amazing team at this church. So can we just for a minute or so give it up for that team? Say thank you. Not, not an actual minute or so. Now, we we're very, very thankful and we're so honored to have, have the team that's done amazing jobs. But I don't know, I want to say this before I jump in. Just take a moment, just take a moment to look around and think, look how far we've come. Just think, look how far we've come. 16 months ago, we start at the beginning of this place, so we have no idea what's going on. Things are up in the air, things are different. And look how far we've come. Look how far, by the grace of God, we are in this room, in this place. It is amazing, and it feels like something special is going on. Like I said, I encourage you with all these friends around the world who are praying for us, and that isn't just to say, oh, look, we're connected. It's to say, look, God is stirring the hearts of people. There's something special that God is doing in this room and beyond. So it's so much bigger than just gathering together. God is doing something, and like I said, I'm honored to be part of it. So I want to preach a message today. I felt it was appropriate to start here. I want to preach a message entitled, The Middle. You can look around and see the screens. It's called The Middle. I wonder in your life when it comes to tasks or when it comes to projects or even jobs or maybe even like a calling on your life or anything that you put your hand to to do, there are two, usually two groups of people. There are people who are really, really good at starting and then there's people who are really good at completing. Now, usually these are the, the two groups people fall into. The, the starters are usually really passionate at the beginning. They've got tons of ideas. They've got loads of stuff going on. They start with the enthusiasm, and then they tend to tail off, and they don't tend to finish. And then you've got the completers who just start at a steady pace. They work their way through, and they complete it. I don't know which group you fall into, but both me and Holly both fall into the group of the starters. Now, our house is like a museum of good intentions when it comes to projects. 
And uh, we, we've started up some amazing projects in our house and some amazing things that you just have to imagine what they would look like when they're finished. And uh, we, we've been through different journeys where we were like, this is immature, right? This is immature. We need to be better. We need to complete these things. We're going to make a decision. We are going to be completers. And I'm not going to lie to you. A couple of weeks in, we got a little bit bored of that, and we are back to not finishing things. <laughs> and that is just the truth of it. We are, we are just the basic start. We start with all the, the enthusiasm, all the ideas. And uh, whether you're a starter or a completer, no matter what camp you fall into, in any project or task, there always comes a moment, there always comes this spot when you're kind of like going on with it. You hit this moment where you're far enough away from beginning and you're far enough away from the end and you find yourself in this little spot called the middle. It's funny, the middle. Holly loves this phrase, the middle. When, uh, whenever Holly's working or she's doing something and I'll come and ask a question, Holly will say, just one second, I'm just in the middle. It's never the beginning, it's never the end, it's always the middle. And it always comes this point in any task where you just get to the middle. What is the middle? The middle is this weird space or void or gap between where it is you began and where it is you want to end up. And, and the middle is often the place where we have those feelings like we want to give up. The middle is often the place where we feel those emotions of loneliness, or we feel the challenge of the task at hand, or we can often get, get to this place of the middle. We begin to doubt why it is we started, and we begin to question why it is we should finish. This place, the middle, is one we're often probably all familiar with. When we get to this place where we're far enough away from the beginning, where we started, and we're far enough away from the end, and we just get to this place, we hit this little wall, the middle. Now, the middle isn't just a place, it can also be a feeling. You've heard people say, ah, how are you doing? They say, oh, I'm, just, I'm just in the middle of things. I just feel like I'm just caught in the middle of things. And being in the middle can, can have so many different emotions and feelings attached to it. Like I said, we can be frustrated, we can be angry, we can be hurt, we can feel isolated, we can feel that challenge of, am I enough to complete this thing? Maybe it's like a calling on your life. Maybe it is just a specific job or something. I don't know. But when you get to this place and you feel like, I don't know if I have what it takes to see this through. I don't know if I'm actually equipped to see this through. And uh, it is funny. I've been in the middle many times in my life. And in fact, if you look at us as a church over the past 16 months or so, there's been many times where we've just found ourselves in the middle. Like at the beginning of the pandemic, the church, we were all like, right, we're going to do this. We're going to figure it out. We're going to move forward. We're putting stuff in place. And then we begin to drift and we just feel like, ah, oh, we're in the middle. Or whether it's been things with like the building project. We started with so much enthusiasm. There's momentum. Then we, we find ourselves in the middle and begin, Is it, did God say this or what's going to happen? Where We find ourselves in the middle. I don't know about you. You might be in the middle right now. You might be sat here this morning thinking, you know what, I am in the middle. I am right in the middle of raising kids and they just, it was all going so well and, and at the moment it just doesn't feel like things are right where they should be. Or it might be building a business and you felt like God said that you should do it and you just hit this place where you just think, am I enough to be able to do this? Or it might just be something God's put in your heart and you, you started and you knew this is something you had to do and this morning you find yourself in the middle. As Christians, it's widely accepted and uh, understood that we know 
that God is both a starter and a completer. We know that. It's widely understood, widely, um, I guess, accepted that God is a starter. Everything starts with God. He starts things. He speaks things into motion. And he also completes things. He brings things to a close. He sees things like when they're supposed to come to fruition. God causes that to happen. We accept that. And uh, it's interesting, though, because something we often miss as Christians is this. And this is what I want us to get our heads around this morning. It is God's will that governs the beginning. Okay? We know that God even says in Revelation that God is Alpha and Omega. So he isn't just a, a starter and a completer. He is the beginning and he is the end. But this is what I want us to get our head around. It is his will that governs the beginning. Okay? According to his will, he starts things. He speaks things into motion. It is his will that governs the beginning. And ultimately, we know in the end, it is his glory that will govern the end. Because everything that exists will be for his glory. He will bring things to his end for his glory. So if his, his will governs the beginning and his glory governs the end, so often as Christians, we stop there. But I want to encourage you this morning, listen, his will governs the beginning, his glory governs the end, but it's his power that governs the middle. It is his power that governs the middle. And see, so often we forget this. This is something that if you were to ask yourself and look across your life right now, so often we live this existence where we forget that God, God's power governs the middle. Because think about it, sometimes we get into our heads like we are just a little errand boy or a little errand girl for God. Like we come with our backpacks, we come up to God, He gives us our assignment, taps us on our head and says, off you go, I'll see you at the end. And we go off and we, in our own strength, do whatever it is He's asked us to do. Like we're just this little, this little doer for God that He needs our, our, us as little minions to do. His. That's, that's not what it is. See, our God is the great initiator. And he is the, the great finisher, but he is also the great sustainer. See, the promise of our God is not just come to me, I will give you a job and send you on your way. It is come to me, I want to give you something, I want to help you do it, and I want to bring it to its end. So, he is the great initiator, the great completer, and the great sustainer. We need to get our heads around this. His will governs the beginning. His glory governs the end, and His power governs the middle. So, I want us to turn to Mark chapter 6. We're going to read this passage. It will be up on the screens in a couple weeks. Well, bear with us, we're in a new place, new season. So, Mark chapter 6, verse 45. So, this is where Jesus walks on the water. I love this passage, it's so powerful. So, Chapter 6, verse 45, it says, Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. After leaving them, he went up on a mountainside to pray. Later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake, and he was alone on land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. Shortly before dawn, he went out to them, walking on the lake. He was about to pass them by, but when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. They cried out because they saw, all saw him and were terrified. Immediately, he spoke to them and said, Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Then he climbed into the boat with them, and the wind died down. 
They were completely amazed, for they had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. So, that's what we're going to jump in today. We're going to look at this idea of God being the great sustainer, that His power sustains us. A little bit of context then. So, Jesus was with His disciples. There was a massive crowd of around 13,000 people in total on this hillside. And Jesus was teaching. You might know the story. And He does this crazy crazy miracle where he feeds the entire crowd with very, very little um, little packed lunch from this kid. Crazy miracle, loads left over. I encourage you to go back and read it. But then the disciples, they collect up all the baskets. They witness this crazy miracle. Jesus then says to the disciples, I want you to go across the lake. Now, these were like keen fishermen. That was their career. They were career fishermen. So half of them literally lived on boats. They knew about boats. And then Jesus sends them across. I'm going to meet you in a couple days. And then he's going to go up, spend time with the Father, and uh, you know, spend time on his own after the crowds had left him alone. And I think it's really interesting to know this is part of the context that will help us frame this, is that it was Jesus that asked them to go across the lake. It was Jesus that sent them there in the first place. So if we were to outline a principle of this entire passage to give us like a headline that will anchor us in as we walk through it is this. And if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Listen, any command that God gives you is always accompanied by a commitment from Him to help you do it. Let me read this again. Any command that God gives you is always accompanied by a commitment from Him to help you do it. Now, this is powerful. We got heads around this. This changes so much in our life. So we're going to walk through this passage. I got some observations for us this morning, all about the middle. Like I said, some of you might be in that middle place right now. Some of you might not be. But we will all be in the middle at some point, different seasons. You can be in the middle in some areas of your life and not the others. But let me encourage you. The first observation is this. Jesus sees you in the middle. Jesus sees you in the middle. So the disciples, they left the shore, they get in a boat, and they begin to row across the lake. And it says that they were really struggling. They were getting into a little bit of a problem. You look in the other Gospels, in the Gospel of John, it says the waters began to get choppy, and it was stormy. So a storm's starting to brew. The wind is blowing against them. It just seems like every stroke of the oar that they make, they just don't seem to be moving. It begins to get dark. If you read the passage, it says later on at night, So imagine yourself in the seat of the disciples right now. It's dark. The wind is against them. There's opposition. They just can't seem to move forward. And then they're out in the middle. There's no one else around them. They're far enough away from where they started. And they're far enough away from where it is they're going. They're just in this place called the middle. I wonder if you've ever felt like that in your life. Maybe that darkness where you just feel like, I can't see the next step. I can't see what it is that that God has shown me. I can't see what it is that he's asking me to do. And I just feel like there's opposition. It just seems like every step I make, I just don't seem to move forward. And I just find myself in the middle where there's no one else around me. And I seem to just be on my own. And no one sees the pain and the struggle that I'm going through. Well, in verse 47 and 48, it says this. It says, later at night, the boat was in the middle of the lake, and he, being Jesus, was alone on land. Listen to this. He saw the disciples straining because the wind was against them. He saw the disciples straining because the wind was against them. Jesus was aware of the struggle that the disciples were going through. 
Jesus was, was in tune with what was going on with his disciples. He understood what they were going through in that moment. He wasn't just in his own world doing his own thing. See, so often we have this view of God that God is like this ultimate being that flicked the first domino of, of life and creation and then stepped back and will one day step in. Well, no, because we know that God is the great sustainer. He is actively engaged in what is going on in the life of his children. This is knowledge about the character of our God. He was aware of the struggle of the disciples. He knew what it is they were going through. I want you to take this encouragement today. Jesus is aware of the struggle you're going through in your life. No matter what it is, it could be anything. It could be health. It could be in your mind. It could be in your faith. You might be right in the middle of a faith crisis right now thinking, God, I kind of don't know what I'm doing with this whole thing right now. Jesus is aware of the struggle that you are going through, no matter how big or how small it is. That is the character of our God. He is aware of your struggle. Listen to this in Psalm 121.8. It says this, The Lord will watch over your coming and your going, both now and forevermore. God is active and engaged in your life. He is a present God. He is not a distant God. See, I love this because this is what sets, this is partly why, why the, um, Christianity is set apart from other religions because so many other religions have this like all-knowing being that sits there and people will do their thing and hopefully one day be able to make it close to their God. But our God is present. He's active and engaged. Our God is a paradox. He is both all-knowing, yet he knows us personally and individually. I don't know about you, but this should blow your mind. That our God is ever-present, yet he's present with every single one of us in our darkest hour, in our mountaintop experiences. Jesus is aware of your struggle. How do we apply this in our life? Simple as this. Don't give up. Don't give up what it is uh, you're doing, what it is God has called you to do. You, You might feel in that middle place, and this is the place where you just feel like, I don't think I have the strength to carry on. I don't think I even have the... The, the endurance to keep going in this. Don't give up because he sees you. You might feel like out in that middle place, no one can see your pain. No one can see what's going on. Let me assure you this morning, Jesus sees your desperation. Jesus sees the pain you're in. He sees the tears you cry. He hears your prayer. He sees all of the places, all of the times where you feel so broken and helpless. Our God is engaged and he cares about the struggle that you face. So don't give up. Don't give up because he sees. So Jesus sees you in the middle. The second thing is this. Jesus meets you in the middle. Jesus meets you in the middle. Verse 48 says this. Shortly before dawn, he went out to them walking on the lake. He went out to them walking on the lake. So the disciples, imagine this. They're straining, they're pushing, they're going. And all of a sudden... Things are getting crazy. Water's getting choppy. Jesus sees them in their pain. And instead of just carrying on what he's doing, he comes down from the mountain. He begins to walk on the water out to the disciples. Now, some of you are thinking in your head, Jesus walked on water. My friend, we need to have a healthy dose of mystery in our life. We don't have time to jump into the miracles of Jesus today, but we believe it. But you know what? We don't serve a God that we can fully understand. Because if we could fully understand him, he wouldn't be God. We have to have a healthy understanding of mystery. So yes, Jesus was walking on the water. It's not even the craziest of miracles. 
He's walking on the water. He goes out to the disciples. And the disciples lose it. They freak out. They think it's a ghost. They don't know what they're looking at. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I think we would all be in that same boat, wouldn't we? Like someone's walking on the water towards you. It's a little bit stormy. You're really tired. And someone is stood on the water. They're probably thinking they're sick. They're probably thinking they're hallucinating or seeing a ghost. But you know what I love about this? Firstly, we see the character of Jesus. But I love about this. He didn't come out to them in a way that they would have expected. He didn't meet them in the middle in a way that they could have ever known he would have done. In a way that they could have planned for him to meet him. See, this shows the character of our God. He wants to meet us in the middle of our struggle. He wants to meet us in the middle of our pain. But often he does it in such an unexpected way. I mean, let's look at the disciples. What's the first, what their first response to seeing Jesus? They misidentified him and they missed him. Their first response to Jesus. Now, we're talking about the disciples who, who touched Jesus' hands, who walked with him, who knew him, who knew his face. They looked at him and they misidentified who was stood in front of them. I wonder in our lives how many times, how many times have we been in the middle, been in a situation that's painful and difficult, and Jesus has shown up and we've missed it because we weren't expecting it. We missed it. Oh, God, I want you to deliver me from this, but instead he shows up and he brings his peace. And we're there like, God, you never show up for me. You've never, you've never met me in my pain. Yet he was there in the still small voice. He was there giving you the strength for the day. He was there giving you the provision you needed. God, you've never shown up for me. You never healed me. You never showed up for me because you never healed that person or you never, never brought them home again. Jesus always shows up in the middle. Okay, that's the character of our God. That's, that's not up for discussion. Jesus always shows up in the middle. God will always meet you in the middle of your struggle. Okay, that, that's, that's not up for grabs. It happens. But so often we miss, we miss the way he shows up because we're so set on our expectations of how he's going to move. I wonder how many times we have missed the move of God in our life because we didn't expect him to do it in that way. My encouragement to you today is this. Pray a simple prayer. God, would you give me eyes to see you in the middle? God, would you give me a heart that is open to you in the middle? God, would you give me eyes to see the things that you are doing, the ways that you are moving when I am in the middle? And I promise you, you will begin to see God's handiwork, the threads of his presence throughout your day, throughout your struggle, throughout your pain. You will begin to see it if you have eyes that are a gift from him. Just a side note on this. Jesus could have jumped in a boat. I love this, right? Jesus could have jumped in a boat and he could have, I don't know, like miraculously just moved the boat, pulled up alongside them. Or he could have even started rowing himself on his own and showing the disciples just how strong he was or how he could manipulate things and just come on this boat. But instead he walked on the waves. I think this is a really significant picture because I think Jesus walked on the waves to show us and to show the disciples something very specific. It's this, the struggles that we are facing are always beneath his feet. The struggles that we face in our life are always beneath the feet of Jesus. We are not coming to a God who is dragged around by temporal circumstance. 
We're not, we not coming to a God who is buffeted by the circumstances that affect us. We are coming to a God who is unrivaled, who no circumstance, no power, no nothing can rival him. He walked on the waves because it was the thing that was holding the disciples back. And Jesus, I believe, wanted to show them, look, the thing that is holding you back in this very moment is beneath my feet. It is beneath my feet. And I love that when Jesus shows up, he doesn't say, hey, don't be afraid. Uh, you know, I can, I can fix this. Hey, you know, don't be afraid. I, I got like crazy strength. Or hey, don't be afraid. Like we'll be fine. It's going to suck, but we'll be fine. He doesn't say any of this. What does he say when he shows up? He shows up and he says this. Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. See, the significance of this passage is this. It is the presence of our God in the middle that makes the difference. It's not him fixing things. It's not him doing anything. It is merely his presence available to us in the middle. And that is profound. So you should be encouraged this morning. If you find yourself in the middle, he is available to stand next to you. No matter what it is you're going through, no matter what it is that is before you, God wants to be in the middle right with you. So Jesus sees you in the middle. Jesus meets you in the middle. And finally this, Jesus sustains you through the middle. Jesus sustains you through the middle. So verse 50 and 51 says this. Immediately he spoke to them and said, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Then he climbed into the boat with them, and the wind died down. Jesus walks out on the water. The disciples are freaking out. And Jesus gets into the boat with them. And the wind and the waves die down. And they get to where it is they were going. He told them not to fear because it was his presence. It was him. He was there. The same thing he says to you. Hey, don't fear. I'm with you. Don't worry. We got this. I'm with you. And then Jesus gets into this boat and he helps them with his power. Through his power to do what it is he'd asked them to do in the first place. So, this again shows us the character of our God. He sees us in the middle. He meets us in the middle. And he will sustain us through the middle. He will take us to where it is he's asked us to go with his power. Listen to this. This is, this is the principle. This is the application. I want you to take home in your mind with this. If he's called you to this, then he will see you through it. If God has called you to this, he will see you through it. Don't get this mixed up in your mind that if God has called you to something, he's going to leave you to it and you have to do it in your own strength. This is the beauty of our faith. This is the beauty of our God. Listen to this, Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. It says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to its completion until the day of Christ Jesus. What God starts, he sustains. What God sustains, he finishes. Listen to that in your life right now. What God starts, he sustains. What he sustains, he finishes. It is his will that governs the beginning. It is his glory that governs the end, but it is his power that governs the middle. So this is what it means to be a follower of Jesus. This is what it means to be a disciple. See, when we hear this idea of we approach God the way it is he wants to be approached. We love him the way it is he wants to be loved. We worship him the way it is he wants to be worshipped. We follow the way it is he has set out for our life. 
Why? It's because by doing that, we align ourselves to Him. And then in that alignment, He offers us protection. He offers us, He sustains us. He offers us provision. He offers us His power in the middle. See, everyone wants the, the power, right? Everyone would like, yeah, I like a, li- a little bit of this power in my life. So anything I got going on, this business deal, you know, this little side hustle, this sort of thing I'm going to do, yeah, I'd like a bit of God's power in this. But so many people want the power without the alignment. So many were like, yeah, God, I want your power, but I don't really like the way you've asked me to live. Isn't that a little bit archaic? Isn't it a little bit out of touch now? We need to change it a little bit. No. We need to follow God the way he is. He is set out for us to follow because in the alignment, we get his power. Power for the middle. And this works for anything. Think about this. This is the beauty of our faith. God calls us to be holy, yet he helps us be holy. God calls us to be pure, yet he helps us in purity. God calls us to be wise. What does he do? He gives us wisdom. God asks us to do things, and he helps us to do it. So that means whatever it is God has called you to do in your life, business, school, family, whatever it is, if he's called you to it, his power will sustain you through it. If he's asked you to do it, he's going to help you to do it. What did we say at the beginning? Every command that comes from God is accompanied by a commitment from him to help you do it. I'm passionate about this. This is powerful, isn't it? This is powerful. If we got our heads around this, this changes so much. I'm going to invite the band up. I'm coming in to close. See, I know this to be true. I know this is all to be true, even for us as a church. God has sustained us in the middle. There's been so many times that we as a church have found ourselves in the middle. I outlined some at the beginning throughout this pandemic. Various changes of things that we've experienced, the, the craziness of life, the building project. He's commissioned us. He's initiated things. And we need to remember. We need to remember that it's his power that sustains us. We get to look around today and we stand in this very room, which is an answer to prayer, which is a miracle in itself that we are in here. God's power sustains us. This is the evidence of God's power is that he pushed through doors and he brought us to a place of completion because he said he would. And in fact, I know this to be true in my own life because every single time I've found myself in the middle, in the darkest of times, in the most painful of times, in the most complex of times, over the last year, I think, God, I don't know if I have the strength to do another one of these virtual gatherings. They're so difficult. God, I don't know if if I even have the wisdom to navigate through this. God, I don't know if I even, did you really call me to do this? Is this even something I I need to finish? What happens, God's power meets you in the middle. And I know this because he met me in the middle. Time and time again, he's met me in the middle, in the middle of pain, in the middle of confusion. Listen to this. If you're in the middle this morning, I'll read a passage out. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. It says, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. You know what this means? Plain and simple. His power is designed for the middle. 
His power is designed for the middle. So no matter what it is we've got going on, no matter what it is, the trials, the struggles, the things that he's asked us to do, we need to realize that it is in the place of brokenness, it is in the place of weakness, in the place of confusion that his power is actually designed for. Let's stop cutting God out of the middle. Let's stop trying to do it on our own. Let's stop trying to push through ourselves. His power is made perfect in our weakness. His power is made perfect in the middle. So I want to pray for every single person this morning that finds himself in the middle. I don't know what the middle is for you. I don't know what it is you've got going on, but I really believe as we stand here together on the first physical gathering we've had in a very long time, the evidence that God sustains. I want to pray. If you'd like to stand, I want you to stand, close your eyes, bow your head. I'm not going to ask you to respond publicly. I want you to respond in your heart. And the response is simply this. If you find yourself in the middle, take heart, take courage. God is with you. He sees you, he meets you, and he will sustain you. so long some of you have cut God out of the middle God I'll get there I'll get there honestly God I'm going to make it when I get there I'm going to give you the glory because I know that's what this is about you've rejected his power today is the day you get to draw that line and say God I accept your power for the middle if that's you this morning respond in your heart God I need your power for the middle Lord Jesus, I want to thank you for your amazing grace. I want to thank you for your divine presence that is with with us every single moment. God, we know that you've called us to amazing things, that the future is wide open. We know that there's new things that are churning under the surface. God, we are so aware of you and your spirit this morning. But God, I want to lift up every single person this morning that just feels like they are lost and broken and they can't go any further anymore. God, would you make your power so real to them in the middle right now? God, I pray right now that we just experience an impartation of your spirit right now that would stir us, that would fill us, that would that would let us know that you are present in the middle. God, we declare that you are the great sustainer. We want to stop doing it on our own. We want to stop pretending that we can even do it on our own in the first place. God, this is only through your power. Holy Spirit, would you highlight those areas that we are cutting you out? God, would we let you into the middle again? God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for this moment, for this presence right now. I pray that our lives would never be the same when we let you into that place. We love you, God. In Jesus' name. You've been listening to a weekly message from Light Church. If you would like any more information, you can find us online or on social media. Thanks for listening.